about to take a bite of cake. That's right, I said cake. P-A-K-E. Why that? What kind of a word is that? It sounds like cake, but it starts with a P. Like pie? Yeah, so it's a, a combination of pie and cake. That, yeah. uh, did Judy invent it? No. She nope. just said yes. Why? Why not? We have plenty to be proud of, Jack, without hollow braggadocio. How is the cake, Sean? It's delicious. <laughs> yeah, looks pretty good. Yeah, it's really, 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 really good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. A Halloween tradition. You do the interview. I want to eat. Hmm. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Dr. Brian Boxer-Wackler, who is a uh, very well-known Los Angeles eye surgeon author. Uh, the book Perceptual Intelligence, the Brain's Secret to Seeing Past Illusion, Misperception, and Self-Deception. It's available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. If you can't find a book these days, you're probably illiterate. Uh, Dr. Brian, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be with you both. And I particularly like the key phrase of how to boost your BS detector. I think we all want to do that. Right, indeed. You know, we were just talking about inborn personality and that sort of thing. I have uh, three kids, one of whom is particularly credulous. I always have to point out when there's a scam afoot. I have another kid who has the, wait a minute, gene. So can you boost your crap detector? Definitely. And we need to. Everybody needs to, because right now in our country, we don't have a constitutional crisis. We have a perceptual crisis, as I like to say. And we need to do a better job of understanding what we're reading, what we're watching, what's coming at us from everywhere, social media, the Internet, the news, and sift through what's true and not true. And that's how the book shows people how to increase their BS detector to do that. Oh, that that is so important. Um, we, we've been talking that about that a lot since we all found out that Russians and everybody else is, you know, jerking us around with these various stories we come up on on Facebook and people's ability to figure out what we we get forwards all the time from listeners uh, about various stories and we think, really, do you think that's true? That they buy it and we immediately see it as phony. They're well-meaning. They're yeah. fans of the show. They, you know, they're well-meaning. So, so how do you help? How do you? How do you up your uh, your skepticism quotient? Actually, before I get into that, you just mentioned Russia. And Russia, when I was there in 2014 for the Winter Olympics to support my patient. You were a bobsledder. Oh, no, you were there as Stephen a doctor. Holcomb, okay. right, the U.S. bobsledder who had a disease, um, keratoconus, that I treated and restored his vision. And when I saw what Putin was doing versus what he was presenting to the world as the perception of himself, that's when I started writing. So... But what people um, can do is, number one, be critical, have good critical thinking skills of what you're reading and what you're seeing and what you're hearing. And also understand the source, because if you're reading something or somebody's explaining something that came from The Economist magazine versus your Uncle Jim, who tweets about conspiracy theories, you know, those are very different sources. And I think especially in this day and age, we have to also think about the other side and have empathy. We don't have conversations like we used to because there's so much emotion wrapped into what people's positions are, whether it's politics or or vaccinations or whatever the issue. People are so emotional nowadays. We need to have dialogue and at least understand the other side. 
even if you don't change your mind, at least it gives you more empathy and understanding. And that's really, really important now in our country. Well, that's an angle you talk about in the book that I'm mostly concerned about, because I think I'm pretty good at uh, at picking out uh, the phoniness and that sort of stuff. But the idea of self-deception, we all do that to a certain extent. How, how do you avoid fooling yourself because you're you know, you're coming across uh, information that confirms things you want to believe. I'm going to give you a great story of a um, uh, The Onion, which you all are familiar with, the comedy website. They put out a joke press release stating that Johnson & Johnson, the makers of Visine, have now come out with eye-whitening strips. And this was a joke press release that went around. Oh, boy. Well, people called the company asking about the strips, and they said, we don't make them. Well, then they started calling my office because I developed an eye-whitening procedure when people have chronic bloodshot eyes or, or, or tan or brown spots from sun damage. And my staff said that they don't exist. And then some of these people, because they were so motivated to help themselves, they have such important self-interest, which is very valid. But some of the people asked my staff, well, can't I just buy the Crest teeth whitening strips and put those in my eyes? Yeah, do oh, that. Boy. Oh. That wouldn't hurt said, much. No, 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 you, that's dangerous. But oh my God. This is, what this is illustrating, though, and what the information in the book helps people understand about themselves is when you have a strong desire that can override logic and rational behavior and thought and can get people into some pretty serious problems. So the book helps people understand that. And it, it's important to, to have that insight about yourself so that you can stop yourself when you shouldn't go off the edge. You know, it's funny. It just occurred to me as you were talking, it sounded so much like a description of falling in love, where you convince yourself that the person in question is is not only a saint and a sage, but the sexiest person of their kind are good. To, and you're ignoring, uh, you know, your your skepticism is turned off completely. We got to treat, we got to treat ideas like a grounded adult treats a new relationship. Great point. I think that's such an important point. If you approach it with that way, then you're going to be less likely to make mistakes, even financial mistakes, because you know you might hear a, a tip about some investment. And of course, you know, people want to do well in that department in their life. But you have to still be critical despite your wants and needs so that you don't lose a boatload of money because of a bum investment, uh, just because you wanted to and it sounded good and appealed to your emotions. So don't put crest whitening strips on your eyeballs or do, because we're going to get a lot of emails about that. Keep them on your teeth. <laughs> Dr. Brian Boxer-Wachler is with us. His book is Perceptual Intelligence, The Brain's Secret to Seeing Past Illusion, Misperception, and Self-Deception. So, you know, I'm sure you've run into people who, who are completely naive, and and it's tough. You know, I've speaking of good stories, I was talking to some FBI agents once who were at a lady's house um to to further investigate the fact that she'd been scammed out of her life savings except for like five thousand dollars um by somebody on the phone. While they were there, she got a phone call and the guy set the hook and reeled her in and she was starting to give them account numbers. Now this woman wasn't mentally retarded or anything like that. She was just unable to see uh, uh, deviousness when it was coming. Uh, have you noticed that the difference in people's inborn abilities? That's a great example of how society changes over time and people's perceptual intelligence, even society's perceptual intelligence changes over time because in that older generation, people were so much more trusting. 
that's when they would listen to the commercials, you know, the Texaco, you know, sponsored show on TV, right, in the 50s. Um, and then they would go out and buy whatever the commercial recommended because that generation was so much more trusting. But that's where, you know, thieves um, that are telemarketers doing these scams, they, they focus on this demographic older group because they are so trusting. So it's not just being dumb. generation, which is much more skeptical. There are dumb people, obviously, but it's not just being dumb. It's, it's just it's its own thing. It, you know, it's, it, it is. I mean, there's always individual. I mean, there's people today that would, you know, a 30-year-old who would fall for the same telemarketing scam. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, it is generational, and you do have to just have good judgment. So that's why the book is really powerful and really is getting great reviews on Amazon. It's, it's got essentially five-star reviews. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. 60 reviews. Uh, I'm not sure if we've gotten a copy. I'd love to read it. It sounds really intriguing and thought-provoking. Definitely get one to you. Dr. Yeah. Brian Boxer-Wackler, uh, you're an interesting guy. Uh, I hope we can stay in touch. Well done. Look forward to reading the book. And we'll have a link so folks can find it really easily. Oh, and I might add one last thing is that uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but there is an amazing chapter on sex, too. Oh, fantastic. Oh, during well, this uh, current period we're living Speaking through. Speaking of sitting the hook, yeah, just don't try it with your coworkers. <laughs> they won't put the book down until that chapter's over. All right, Dr. <laughs> Brian, thank you. Good to talk to you. Thanks a million. Interesting. You know, uh, like we were talking yesterday, Charlie Rose and people like that, they wouldn't be trying this over and over if it didn't obviously work some of the time. Sure. That's got to be true of all the... Check your spam filter on your email. Those Those gazillion emails that you get... I'm lonely, Jack. Could you give me, you know, write me a letter and we'll meet up and have sex? Or I'm, I mean, or I'm I, here I in think, Barcelona. I got all my yeah. money stolen. I was thinking, who the, who the hell is falling for that? But they wouldn't be continuing to put them out if right. they didn't work sometimes. And you remember I read, and this is a mind-blowing uh, revelation, that a lot of these uh, African-based scammers, they intentionally make the pitch out there. Because if they make it too sophisticated... They will get people who will immediately recognize the second stage when they start to set the hook. So they to it's it's like getting more qualified leads for your business. If you 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 want to put out the word to people who are actually ready to buy a car, um, if you're going to put out a, try to get leads for buying a car, and if you get people who are just a tiny bit naive to respond to your email, you're going to spend all your time sorting through those people. No, you want to get the people who are completely naive. Wow, so you want to make it obvious enough that 99% of people are going to think, come on, right, scam. Right, don't make it delete. too sophisticated. And the person that's going to click on it, they think, this person will go for it. Yeah, and it's funny, I, I can hear a lot of you sales professionals out there saying, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's qualified leads. That's strong leads for sending their money to Africa or what have you. So... I keep getting this mixed up in my head. Crest white strips. Yes on the eyeballs, yes. no on... Yeah, they're wonderfully effective. Put them right on your eyes. <laughs> Jeez, that would hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes my gums scream. And get a mouthful of Visine and swish that around to make your teeth whiter. Yes, Sean. But your eyes have never had less plaque. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, fitting in with what we were talking about earlier, it's just so there's so much of our personalities and everything like that we're just born with. It's just who you are. Yeah. Yeah, and you can improve on your weaknesses. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a hell of a lot that just comes with you. Mm. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
He returned wearing a white bathrobe, which was open with nothing underneath. What is it with the robes? First Cosby, then Weinstein, now Charlie Rose. Who's next? Yoda? Mmm. Mmm. Tense you seem. Shoulders I will rub. Reported to HR I am. Beautiful. Yeah, the robe. There's a playbook. Who knew there was a playbook for all these people? Is it a playbook, or is it just as old as time? I mean, did uh, King Plutarch the Eleventh walk into the uh, throne room and say, "Oh, sorry, my robes come undone there"? To the the young, uh, you know, whatever the hell he got laying around as a king. Would it have occurred to you? I'm not sure it would have occurred to me. I know what I'll do. What was it you that said? Leave my robe undone, and it'll just kind of seem like it's accidental. And she'll see my penis and think, "Oh my, he has a penis! I didn't realize he had a penis." Just what I've been waiting for. That's where I get bogged down a little bit on the strategy. Yes, Sean. W- weren't you the one who said that there was a connection between, who was it, Weinstein? Like, there was a lawyer that was a common mm-hmm. thread through all of yeah. these. Yeah. And this seems to me like a, a lawyer whispering, hey, the password is plausible deniability. Right. If you just have a robe that's a little loose, eh. It's possible. David Boyce worked for Charlie Rose and Weinstein. Seems unlikely, but, you know, a lot of things are unlikely and they happen. He is the top lawyer in America if you're super rich and powerful. Or did they both know he's really good at this particular thing? I wonder. We haven't heard yet. Maybe we'll hear in the near future that uh, Charlie Rose has paid off a bunch of women over the years. Or hired uh, ex-Israelis to chase him down and intimidate him into going away. Wow. Like Weinstein did. Because right. Boys was facilitating that, right? Yes, he was. So maybe he was doing that for Charlie Rose. In fact, it, it would seem unlikely that he wasn't. Oh, man. I don't see Charlie Rose as doing that. I didn't see Charlie Rose doing any of this stuff. Well, he's you're all right. Yeah, granted, but he he had enough of the handsome, sophisticated, wealthy, charming thing. Whereas Harvey Weinstein's just a piece of crap. Yeah. He's just a predatory, ugly, and I mean his spirit, not his his physical uh, being. Although that's not terribly attractive either. But he's just an ugly animal. I don't know. We'll find out. Looking at the San Francisco Chronicle, their front page story today. This is the big story of the day. Mm -hmm. Restoring tribal culinary heritage. (laughs) American Indians. Oh, I get it. Instead of the turkey and stuffings, you got it. American Indians struggle to revive food traditions. That's what they see as the big story heading into Thanksgiving is that the deliciousness of uh, Indian cooked salmon has been lost in all of this. Eh, it's Whew. interesting. It's interesting to have such an agenda that that's what you go with. Could that's, you pass, that's your lead. Could you pass the maize, please? Mm. That's what they call the corn. I, I would. <laughs> thank you. I would. Uh, I would be delighted to have a little salmon at the table. Oh, so would I. But yeah. Wow. Maybe I'll whip some of that up. Hadn't even thought of it. Yeah. Now oh. we're gonna have enough food as I wolf down Pake. God dang it. I'm going to gain every pound I lost. What was that joke you had? You had the food joke. Do you still have that handy? Oh, yeah. Let, let me grab that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really concerned about uh, gaining back every bit of work I've done over like a couple of days. Honey, we're doing a serious power walk tomorrow morning. Serious. I oh. used to. For years, I ran a 10K on Thanksgiving. God, I did that for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of them around, various charity runs that raise money and, and, and awareness for different things yeah. you can do on Thanksgiving morning. I would have done that, too, if, if facing <laughs> me for exactly 10K. But it really helped with the, I'm going to eat a lot and drink a lot today. Sure. To run, you know, 
six miles. Yep. So, yeah, yeah this, this from the tweeter machine. <clears throat> White people overcompensate for being bad cooks by throwing random incongruous ingredients on high-stakes dishes. Okay, get over that. Set up. The jokes are fine. Okay. <laughs> Breadcrumbs on mac and cheese? Marshmallows on sweet potatoes? A vague mayonnaise substance on string beans? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There are right. a number of those I think, man, it tastes fine, but I don't know who first thought we should try this. I don't know why we need to add marshmallows to this, but why not? Why, why not mar- add marshmallows to more is my only question. My kids would be all for adding marshmallows to everything. You got a, a layer of marshmallows on top of the stuffing. Yeah. Got a layer of marshmallows on the damn bird. Or better yet, you cook it, and while it's still good and hot, you just dip it in a big vat of marshmallow goo. <laughs> then then let it dry, then serve it. My wife said the grocery store was insane yesterday. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. Probably going to be even crazier today. That's a, that, that, that's a tough one. The, the grocery shopping... And you kind of you kind of have to. I mean, stuff stuff you can plan ahead, but you know, a lot of stuff you don't want to buy it too far ahead of, of Thursday, and that's why it gets so crazy. The number one question, that, speaking of planning ahead, the number one question that comes into the Butterball Turkey Hotline, they've got a number you can call with your last minute questions. The number one question they get every year is, "How do I thaw a turkey?" Oh yeah, it's it's hard to imagine that you get to Thanksgiving, you have the responsibility for cooking the turkey. And you had not thought about how do I get this from being a frozen block into well, something we can eat. I tell you what, many a young bride or groom has made that mistake. They get to Thanksgiving morning, they got a frozen bird. They have no idea. No friggin' way you're cooking that bird. No, you're not. You could still commit a murder with it tomorrow at noon. <laughs> so you are not cooking that bird. Well, Call it, Domino's. It needs to thaw off. Four pounds of turkey you have. Yeah, if that if you go with the fridge mesh method, there's the cold water method, but then you have to change the water every half hour. Blah 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 blah. blah. I was just reading about this. So if you had an eight pound turkey, which is not a particularly giant turkey, is it? Is it or is it? I don't know. No, an eight pound turkey is a is is a medium. So that'd be two days of thawing. Yeah. So if you yeah. wake up in the morning and think I better in a uh, Google how do you thaw a turkey. Yeah, you're just out of luck. I'll bet that happens seventy five thousand times around America last year alone. Unless you want happens to eat every year. Turkey sickles just break off chunks of ice and lick them while you watch the football game. Do Listen. you like? Uh, I like my turkey uh, raw, turkey sushi, turkey tartare. There's a defrost option on my microwave, but I didn't realize the turkey wouldn't fit in there. Exactly. So I turned it on with the door open. <laughs> I had to press the button that you know the door presses with my finger. <laughs> so anyway, and it's not thawing. So anyway, my face glows now. <laughs> So what should I do? So we'll just sit around and lick frozen turkey while we watch millionaires give themselves CTE. That's what we'll do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the co-host line of the day. Congratulations, wow. Jack. Wow, I'm, I've never felt so honored. Want to see my wang? No, I, think, I just feel like that's what everybody does for everything now. Is that? Well, yeah. It's kind of the response to every occasion. Want to see my wang? There's hardly a social occasion. It's Apparently. like bringing a bottle of wine. It's the new bringing a bottle of wine. <laughs> it's always appropriate. I'm looking at the guy up, uh, from Pixar. We mentioned him earlier. The guy, runs, the guy who made cars, for crying out loud, that yeah. my kids watch and love, was uh, was doing things he shouldn't do with his female coworkers. Did you hear my new joke about Pixar, what it's going to be called? Did you I hear did. that one? I, I said did. that before. I did. did you hear that one? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. Dang it. You want to know what I call it? Yes. <laughs> I heard what you said. What would you call it, Joe? I would call it dick pics are. Yeah. 
That's, that's good stuff. So, what do you got coming up in your news, Thank you, Marshall? Michael. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Donald Trump has been busy on Twitter this day before Thanksgiving. We have got also the biggest lie about Thanksgiving ever told. Uh-huh. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giffy. Does Melania cook? His model, his Russian it. model wife? Does she I cook? doubt it. She's Estonian. Or Latvian or hmm. Romanian. Slovenian. Slovenian. Yeah. That, that's Whatever. the one. Yeah. Whatever. He doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We were so in And I dance all Where is the president spending Thanksgiving? One of his golf courses? Mar-a-Lago in okay. Florida. Gotcha. Yep. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the president has been, has been busy on Twitter ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. This morning in a series of tweets, the president slammed the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, for considering allowing athletes to stay in locker rooms during the national anthem. Trump tweeting, the NFL is now thinking about a new idea, keeping the teams in the locker room during the anthem next season. That's almost as bad as kneeling. When will the highly paid commissioner finally get tough and smart? This issue is killing your league exclamation point. You know that there are people in North Korea, Russia, Syria, well, probably every country in the world, for the most part, that have people assigned to monitoring the president of the United States Twitter feed because he may very well tweet something that highly impacts uh, your your country, your region, the global economy, all, all right. kinds. See, so you know they're monitoring that. I wonder how they react to the stuff that makes no sense to them. Ah! <laughs> they the, have to bring the... in an attache or an undersecretary. You spent time in uh, America. What what is this? <laughs> what does this mean? Why the commissioner of NFL? Who care? Or who is this LeVar Ball guy he's uh, reacting to? Oh, yeah, the president was taking aim at LeVar Ball again for not thanking him for securing his UCLA son's release from China. Trump tweeting, it wasn't the White House, it wasn't the State Department, it wasn't Father LeVar's so-called people on the ground in China that got his son out of a long-term prison sentence. It was me, all in caps. Too bad LeVar's just a poor man's version of Don King, but without the hair. No, Trump boy, going is on. it racism? Trump going on to tweet, Just think, LeVar, you could have spent the next five to ten years during Thanksgiving with your son in China, but no NBA contract to support you. But remember, LeVar, shoplifting is not a little thing. It's a really big deal, especially in China. Ungrateful fool! Exclamation and point. Trump's China. Ba- Trump's baiting him every bit as much. He, for some reason, thinks this is a, a benefit to him. Well, hey, we got this text. I googled how to thaw a turkey this morning and realized I should have put my f- turkey in the fridge on Monday. Right. So. Right. Guess you're just going to in and out. No, look at the uh, the cold water method. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the cold water. Hey, I've got a uh, Rand Paul uh, attack update. We got the wife of the U.S. senator saying her husband hasn't taken a single breath without pain since what she calls a deliberate blindside attack by their Kentucky neighbor earlier this month. I'll be that way tomorrow at four o'clock, <laughs> unable to take a single breath without pain. <laughs> Paul attacked by uh, Rene Boucher while he was out mowing his lawn. Kelly Paul, his wife, writing in an essay uh, published by CNN, her su- her husband suffered six broken ribs. Fluid in his lungs 
and now Paul has been diagnosed with pneumonia after yeah, returning from that's Washington. The risk. It's the risk because you can't take a deep breath. Dang it. That kills people. Yep. This is serious. So Jared in Missouri has uh, teamed up with me to solve this one. It is clearly a long-simmering dislike, which has included some bitter political arguments. It's got the politics has to play a role Not, in it. You can't, you can't prove of. it. You've got a bitter, ongoing neighborhood dispute. Couple of guys who do not like each yeah. other. You've got po- political animus. You've got a guy with a bit of small man syndrome. And Jared in Missouri, in Missouri points out we already have a national show. The city commissioners stated that the two men had gotten into quote heated political arguments before. Could it be there was animosity there and the lawn clippings were at the last straw? After all, World War One wasn't caused by some archduke getting killed. It was merely triggered. By, by Franz getting off. Yeah, the the, the guy, uh, you know, is definitely wants it to be a lawn dispute because attacking a U.S. senator over politics is you going to prison for a very, very long time. But politics clearly played a role in his hatred of him. In this modern, we hate the other side world where yeah. people who aren't us are clearly evil, that, that played a role in how much... Uh, he felt like he, he was justified in doing this sort of thing to another human. All right, we're going to be clearing up one of the biggest lies about Thanksgiving right now. It is not the turkey that makes you sleepy on Thanksgiving. Contrary to myth, it's not it's the, the three bottles of wine. It's not the amino acid, the tryptophan in turkey that makes you sleepy. It's the purple drink that I've been sipping. Oh, yeah, I do love codeine on Thanksgiving. <laughs> None other than the National Geographic researchers. Another cup of codeine, Grandma? <laughs> the NationalGeographic.com researchers explain scientists are pinning the blame instead on Drinking alcohol. Mm, nah, come on. Well, that's I got part the, of it. I got plenty tired from Thanksgiving long before I started drinking. The large amount of the calories eaten during exactly. an average Thanksgiving meal. It's food coma. Yeah, or the ability to just really relax after stressful work schedules. Well, all right. It's it's food coma. It's mostly food coma, a little bit of the, the, the purple rind. But yeah, you t- you take in you take in that many calories, all of your blood flow is going to your digestive system. You got to lie down and g- give birth to that food, baby. Oh, so, I mean, come on, no. you got to work it through the system. Oh, Let it gestate. Sounded like he said it's a sick. He certainly didn't say that. No, did he? Oh, it's work. Let the process work. Listen, I'm grown up enough to understand the digestive system and how it is natural. I don't know why you children have to make your little jokes. Yeah, nobody wants to think about that tomorrow. I got an eight-pound food baby in there. You got to come to terms. Oh, boy. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. I have felt like I could have used an epidural to try to get through it. I'll tell you that. I knew it was going to be painful. Ah, I'm going to do it the natural way. I'm going to do it the natural way. Give me the drugs! <laughs> hey, it happens, fellas. It happens. Don't be ashamed. Concentrate on the beauty of what's happening. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Maybe in a hot tub. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dolphin style. The petering out is coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is David Cassidy's biggest hit when he's playing sold-out 
stadiums full of screaming teen girls. This is uh, probably the song he did at the end of the show, right? He probably kicked off the shows, did it halfway through, and ended it with it. Yeah. It's a catchy tune. That part's a little wussy. That was, uh, yeah, that was so Susan Day could sing something. <laughs> I want to hear the hook one more time before we get into our news. Okay? Oh. This is David Cassidy he died yesterday. Again with the harpsichord. What was it with the harpsichord? 1970. Rock it, David. Rock it. Dang it. No cure. I'm so I'm afraid of the damn harpsichord. <laughs> so uh, John Conyers is in the news. Yes. A congressman, longest serving... Crooked old crook. Longest serving person in Congress, and uh, he was apparently uh, feeling up and having sex with all kinds of people and, and, and paying off settlements at taxpayers' expense and flying in pe- women he was having affairs with at taxpayer expense. And now this is out today. So a uh, quick context. This is six minutes into a conversation. John Conyers uh, kind of questioning an immigration official trying to hold his feet to the fire over Trump's pro- quote-unquote promise to deport all 11 million undocumented people. So he okay. keeps bringing this up. This is uh, the- We're six minutes into the question. Yeah. I, I haven't seen a specific proposal as to how that would impact DOIR. Well, I, I didn't say you did see it. The gentleman's time has expired. I should have consent for one additional minute, sir. Uh, without objection, but I think you've asked him the same question like seven different ways, and he's answered your question, so I'm not sure... What else uh, you want the gentleman to do? But <laughs> so he asked the same question seven times. Yeah, he would repeatedly say, "Does Trump?" Do? Well, uh, the guy would say, "I have confidence our judges handle each case as they come in." They're blah blah. blah. And, he, and he, well, what about Trump saying? <laughs> <laughs> and then so finally, the guy in charge says, "Now nah, I'm not going to give you more time to ask it at the eighth time." There's so many people in Congress that stay way past their ability, their cognitive ability to contribute to the nation. Well, and Conyers' wife has has been convicted, and he's a crook, and he's like so many of those guys. They got half their family on the payroll. Yeah, that's a common consultants. They funnel campaign contributions to them. They got staff doing political work. It's just so crooked. I wonder what his net worth is. As the longest-serving Congress dude, be a lot. never had a chance to work in a John Conyers net worth. See if somebody can come up with Although that. Although it is hard to figure that stuff out because his wife could have a very high net worth. Or, True enough, or, or his, his kids. Yeah, his oldest son or his brother or right. whatever, and well, that's all that matters. Well, plus, yeah, his wife actually getting convicted and sentenced probably, you know, hurt the old family piggy bank at least a little bit. But oh, yeah. Congress you, is lousy with those people. Did you ever have hair like David Cassidy? Oh, uh, yeah. At the time, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. We got a picture of uh, Marshall Phillips, our newsman, and David Cassidy side by side at the website and the Facebook page. You can compare and contrast because uh, Marshall Phillips could absolutely have hung with David Cassidy in the pull and chicks category. Oh, yeah. Marshall was a, uh, a Nordic uh, beauty back in the day. He was a handsome dude. You know, we learned yes, he, yesterday, just casually mentioned, you know, back when I was trying to break into acting. Um, which doesn't surprise me at all, and I'm surprised he didn't. As although you know, really handsome guys are are a dime a dozen in Hollywood. Um, at least that's what they told me when they refused to give me a contract. But, Marshall had too many standards; he wouldn't give uh, Weinstein a massage. Oof. Hey. Um, you know, he said, I'm, excuse me, but your robe appears to be open. 
I got a picture of me on my camera right here. Oh, there you go. Uh, hang on, stand by. You carry around pictures of yourself with ancient haircuts? Uh, not per That's se. Interesting. We, we just did a bunch you of. Have, does that have his own idiot. album? Shut up. <laughs> you have your own album. That's as close as it got. Yeah, you look exactly like your son Declan. Yeah, it's a that's a picture of Declan that you fuzzed out to make it look like a Polaroid. Yeah, no, that's me. Back in the day, that's somewhat. Uh, here you go, Marshall oh, Phillips joins us wearing a chef's hat, looking <laughs> like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. Did you ever meet David Cassidy, Marshall, or were you running in too cool a circles to ever do that? Never met him. Met Danny though. Danny Bonaduce. Oh yeah, would yeah. He so be is everybody. So is everybody, including <laughs> yeah. transvestite prostitutes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> The Bonaduce would stop by the station a lot. Yeah. No, never, never met Cassidy. Did he have anything to say about David? Uh... No, most of the time he's trying to clean up his own act because right. uh, back at that time, even though Danny was the youngest member of the uh, uh, team on the Partridge family, he uh, had uh, some legal problems. He'd been busted a couple of times for this, that, and the other thing, and so we'd talk about that. But that's now... a show full of child stars that I don't think any of them have ever claimed, um, you know, something bad happening to them. Thank God. Nope. 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 Well, one died a bitter drunk, and the others are roided up, you know, multiple convicted whatever. Although Danny's a charming guy. Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's volatile. A little high strung, that one. Yeah, yeah that's that's right. the term. But high he strung. was uh, completely charming when we've uh, broken bread with him. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, and, and and to be honest with you, uh, the Partridge family were that was not really one of my things. Probably not your thing. No. Yeah, exactly. I was a child watching that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let, let's leave ourselves plenty of time. How much are we? Way too early, Michael. Yeah, we got about two minutes. Right. Okay. Uh, we have posted the toilet bowl projector Ooh. to project jolly Christmas scenes into your toilet. Right. Uh, if you would like that, didn't quite get a chance to get to this that. Um, uh, old Roy Moore married his wife when he was 38 and she was 24, but he first saw her at age 15 at a dance recital and said, I knew Kayla was going to be a special person in my life about when he saw her at age 15. Mm. I've watched plenty of high school dance recitals. There are some very attractive young women there. I guarantee five minutes later, I couldn't remember. <laughs> you know, right, yeah. You're not you, thinking you which one. You looked at a high school girl at age. Well, he'd have been. Let's see. That was nine years previous, so he was yeah, twenty nine years old. You looked at Jeez. a high school girl and said, "She's going to be special in my life." What's yeah. a childless twenty nine year old doing at a high school? That's dance a good question. Recital? Also, that's a good question. Also, same thing a lion does is it heads on down to the water hole. I'm strong and getty. I'm getting ready for final thoughts. I know you have all something uh, prepared and everything, but uh, what you're thankful for is not a bad final thought. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thankful thought from everybody. Michelangelo, would you lead us off? Okay, very quickly, um, I am thankful for my job, so I love working here. And now i got to say that. I'm sorry. It's still <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> all right, thanks you can go with the wisdom uh, of, uh, okay. you know. <laughs> I wrote yeah. out something much better than that, though. Uh-huh. It, how to stop political talk at the Thanksgiving dinner. If you've already eaten, tip over the table, grab a knife. And wave it around with crazy eyes. There you go. <laughs> that would work. Marshall Phillips, final thoughts. Oh, God, I, too, am so thankful for my job. Oh, good Lord. fabulous. also, I'm thankful for Crock-Pot Butter Beef, which we are going to be cooking up and making a video of here in minutes. Awesome. 
Uh, positive Sean, final thought? I'm thankful for my job, too, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but I'm especially thankful for Thanksgiving. I get to go hang yeah. out with family. Yeah. I do love it. It is uh, it is a special time. I try to remind myself that uh, there aren't going to be infinite numbers of these, so, so embrace them while you can. Yeah. Oh, Jack, sorry. Final thought? Yes! Uh, yeah, I'm envious of people who get together get together with a big group, but it'll just be the nuclear family. We'll have fun. I can't wait to do the what are you thankful for this year. My kids have been very charming in the past, but they're getting a little older, so there's a chance some some uh, Pokemon cards might fit in there or something like that. I'm thankful for a Charizard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm super thankful both my daughters are going to be home for Thanksgiving. It's wonderful. My son will not be, but it's because he just got a promotion at work. Cool. And, uh, and he's, he's rising up, and they're super happy with him, and I'm thankful for that, too. So he will be missed, but we'll uh, we'll do to Skype or something like that. It'll be all right. Yeah, I uh, missed many uh, Thanksgiving early in my career, and uh, but you, you, you hang out with other people who aren't going home for Thanksgiving, and you can have quite the party. Right. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> there were a number of years I couldn't afford to go into the next room, much, uh, much less travel home or something like that. So, yeah, I get it. The young hustling years. So, uh, that's about it. About 20 seconds short. (laughs) (laughs) Really? May your turkey thaw. May your cured ham not suffer a relapse. (laughs) Have a happy Thanksgiving. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com, would you please? Uh, We've got best of for you Thursday and Friday. And uh, then we'll be back live Monday. Yeah, we call them leftovers. I ate too much cake, so oh I've started God. this Thanksgiving season in the right way. Feeling sick, ashamed, <laughs> upset stomach to come. What have I done? God, the guilt already. It isn't even tomorrow right. yet. Ah, drink it away. Oh, you don't drink anymore. <laughs> That's right. Oh my eat God. it away. Yeah, eat away the guilt. <laughs> we'll see you on Monday. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. So we'll just sit around and lick frozen turkey while we watch millionaires give themselves CTE. That's what we'll do. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.